So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing Season 10, Episode 10 of 90 Day Fiance. In this episode, Sam clearly has a lot to learn about his new religion as Citra arrives. Rob reacts as Sophie's coming out as bi. Devin hates her primary and backup wedding dresses. Clayton gets some action from some goats. Gino and Jasmine head south for the winter. And Igor explains why sex from his sex friend shouldn't be a problem for Nikki. As always, we'll move their students of the week, class dances, and life lessons. If you watch Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other podcast, Love After Lockup MK, where we're covering the current season of Life After Lockup. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you today? I'm busy. Um, this is a yeah, I know, crazy, right? crazy time of year. I keep looking at my calendar. I'm like, wait, did I have a Zoom meeting every day after school for like two <laughs> weeks? I think I did. Yeah. 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 It's kind of a crazy time of year. Um, I was traveling and I my flight was delayed, so I did not get a chance to watch the show, which is why we are a day late. Um, and I will say that watching the show yesterday um, it became more of a chore, you know, because I'm trying to fit it in my schedule. Whereas, you know, Sunday, it's like... It's like part of your Sunday routine, right? Right, yeah. right. But yesterday definitely made it feel like a chore. And it made me really realize after watching it, because I felt like no sense of enjoyment, right? And like, I mm-hmm. wasn't excited for it. And it was, I was thinking about it and I was just like, I don't know if I like the couples this season. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, that could possibly be true. Well, as evidenced by, let's start with a couple that we know we're tired of seeing. Let's start with Gino and Jasmine. Right. That's exactly who I was thinking of. I was like, oh my gosh, I honestly, we could talk about it after. I just don't care. Yeah. Especially where their story kind of leads to and is going mm-hmm. now. Right. So, yeah. So we see Gino getting back and he's, he's walking Coco and Jasmine's still there. So I guess the threats to buy me a ticket to Panama, I want to leave tomorrow. Didn't really pan out. Right. So they're just, she says they've just been like ignoring each other and she doesn't know how she's supposed to get trust back in him. So he tells her that he was out talking with his cousin Dana about the fight and we kind of see a flashback to that. And Gino tells Jaina, like, what's the big deal? She had a bachelorette party. So what's the big deal if I had a bachelor party? And he was like, Dana, smarter than Gino at least, was like, you know, it's not why she's mad at you, right? It's not because you had the bachelor party. It's because mm-hmm. you didn't tell her about it. Um, and he was like, oh, okay. So he does apologize to Jasmine for keeping it from her. But apparently it wasn't not about the bachelor party because Jasmine is also like, okay, well, I appreciate your apology. However, why are you going out and looking at other women? It makes me feel bad. Like, it makes me feel trash that you're going to go look at half-naked women. So Gino just says that that's the normal tradition in, 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 in his country, being our country, America. And Jasmine is like, let's be more specific. What is the tradition here? Do you Is it is it is touching the stripper part of the tradition? Is getting a blowjob part of the tradition? Is having sex with the stripper part of the tradition? She's like, I don't get it. What's the point of doing this? So Gino's like, no, none of that happens. So Jasmine says that she doesn't want to believe Gino is a cheater, but she just has all this mounting evidence in her head. It's too much for her to ignore. So he tells us that she tells us that she has a history of being cheated on and doesn't want to go through all that again. So he apologizes for the relics from lover's past that she found around his house. 
Um, and um, just hopes that they can put this past them and focus on the future and focus on them now. She says she loves him more than he thinks. And then they both cry and hug. And so she's going to give him the opportunity to prove himself one more time with his actions, not just his words. Um, so the first action they're going to do is he's going to take her bowling. Oh, so God. that's like the featured activity for the season. Isn't it like the second people we've seen go bowling? Um, yes. Yeah. So anyway, it's Jasmine's first time bowling. And Jasmine notices that the first thing she notices in the alley is that it smells really bad. She's like, it's like a mix of smelly shoes and farts and sweat. It's just not her thing. So after they get their shoes on, though, uh, Gina orders some food like fries, pretzels, beer, nachos. And now Jasmine gets it. This is why people go bowling. It's just an excuse to eat junk food. So junk food that Jasmine is like, Gino, you're going to like make a mess of the bathroom. What are you doing here? Why are you getting this? And he's and and he doesn't disagree. He's just like, I'll use the bathroom in the, in the bowling alley. It'll be fine. Um, so anyway, so she seems to pick things up pretty quickly. And does we do see her get like a spare. And it, she says it's not the most active sport that she's played. And she prefers active sports, but she just can't help being good at it. So, of course, being good at it means doing the chut kid thing where you put the ball between your legs and just roll it down the aisle, roll it down the lane. Granny um, Annie style. Yes. Yeah. And so while they're in the middle of things, Gino says that he thinks yeah, an idea, a good idea might be for them to take a vacation. So, like, where would you like to go in the U.S.? So, of course, she immediately is like, Hawaii. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's keep it to the lower 48. Let's – how about Miami? So she's like – she settles for that. That sounds good. So she says that, you know, doing what she wants with this vacation is a step towards her trust. But, you know, the people she really doesn't trust is the, – the people that really don't trust them is the bowling alley because they get like a warning on the screen. They get like locked out. And it's like, you're bowling too slow. Your game is shutting down. <laughs> so and they're almost, then we, they're, we're going right on this vacation. So they're almost ready. And Gino is going through his list, his detailed list of everything that needs to get packed. And what have we packed this yet? Have we packed that yet? I have this. And Jasmine's just like, I don't know. I threw all my stuff in a suitcase. We're good. I'm, I'm fine. We're in Miami. We can get stuff there. So at the airport, she's actually psyched to be happy to be at the airport. Um, and she has, she's excited to have be at some place where she doesn't have to layer, where she's not saying goodbye to Gino. So they get to Miami. She steps outside. And before they even get in the Uber, she's just like, I'm taking all this clothes off. Like, and has just like <laughs> a crop top jumper on, like already ready to go underneath of it. Um, so she wants to collect all the sun energy she can before going back to Michigan. So get the Uber and Jasmine is excited to learn that the Uber driver speaks Spanish and is also surprised to hear that a lot of people in Miami don't even speak English. They just speak Spanish. So just the, the whole vibe of the place reminds her of a Latin America but in the US. So they get to the hotel which is to Gino's credit. I looked it up. Actually in South Beach. Not like some <laughs> random nice. place. Near. It's definitely in South Beach. And it meets the approval of both of them. The bed is comfortable. The balcony is nice. And there's a tiny little weird like one-lane pool that they sit next to. Jasmine's happy to be there, but it's making her homesick. So she says it's bittersweet. So she tells Gino that she got a letter from her son that made her feel sad because in the letter he said he misses her a lot and that he's sad. So she wants to make sure that it's a priority that they get her children here too. And Gino is all about that. Then they make a video for Juanse to show him what it's like in Miami, including Papa Gino trying to speak Spanish very, very much still poorly. doing his hola, <laughs> right. hola, me gusta, see, si, like type Spanish. All right. So, I mean, this is what I mean in terms of the board. Like 
I feel like we were kind of getting bored of their conflicts because it's the same conflict over and over and over again, right? Well, yeah, but I feel like there's no consequence to their conflict. And that, to me, is why their storyline is uh-huh. I just don't care. The reason why I don't care is because it's like I don't want to be invested in something that really just doesn't matter because that's the thing, right? All the like minute one and the last minute are exactly the same. They're in the same spot. Now, they get there very circuitously, right? Where it's like they'll have their highs, they'll have their lows, but they always end up in the same spot. So it just, and we've seen enough of them to see that they always end up in the same spot. And so I just don't care about them anymore. Yeah. Like I said, the last time, we did that. She was like, oh, I'm threatening. I'm going to move to Spain. I'm going right. to move back to Panama. Give me a ticket. She said that already twice. Has yeah. not gotten a ticket to Panama. No. Nope. And it's just there. Right? So it is. The stakes are really low for their fights because they just end. And they, they right. move on. And they're done. And they don't mean anything. And th- th- there's no consequences to anything that happens. And so you can say like, oh, yep, there she is yelling crazy. You know, she's yelling cuss words and threatening to sleep with people and threatening to move back to Panama. And then we right. know – Next episode, she'll still be there. She'll still be annoyed with Gino. They'll talk about his bathroom habits, and that'll be that. Yeah, and it's just like, what is the purpose of them being on anymore, right? Like, there is no real consequence. And even, like, I think what's also frustrating about them is she never talks about why, right? And to me, it's just like... Uh, you know, hearing, you know, oh, well, I love him. That's why I'm giving him another chance. It's like, nah, at this point, no, I'm going to need. OK, I get that that's your reasoning. And I'm not saying that you're lying or lying to yourself. But as an audience member who is witnessing these things, I'm going to need more than I just love him. Because what I just saw five minutes ago does not make me believe you just love him. Right. Yes. Yes. The disgust and the. Yeah. Like. Because we've seen it before. Like, number she she act- actively like lies about sleeping with other people because yeah. she's mad at him and wants to hurt him. And it's like that does not seem like someone you love at all. Like right, yeah, yeah I get that. But it, I just feel like they've also been on so long. And I know this is original OG mm-hmm. ninety day fiance that it just feels like a HEA season. Yeah, it really does. So to me, like an Igor and Nikki is a much more interesting, like a will they or won't they? And especially because, and I so appreciated this, how Nikki was just real, right? Real Mm -hmm. about her situation, real about why she would stay with Igor. Yes, but I still don't, I still didn't really buy that. I think you're in a bad set, right? When the person who's clearly a reality TV wannabe Mm-hmm. is your most real story, right? <laughs> like, oh, I'm not saying like, that at all, right? But I'm just saying, like, to me, it's better than, a, oh, well, I just love him. Yeah, well, at, at the end of the day, we just love each other. And so right. nothing has changed, but the fight is over. End of, end of, end of, end of, end of, end of scene, right? And yeah, so yeah, I, 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 I buy it. So let's, because I had a, more couples than you then, and since you mentioned it, let's talk about Nikki and Igor. Mm-hmm. Who weren't in it a ton? Like, it were only in a couple scenes. So Nikki left the restaurant, right? And this is after she found out, I don't know, Igor kind of admitted to having a friends with benefits situation while she thought they were exclusive. So Nikki has left the restaurant and is more or less running away from Igor, who leaves to go after her. So Igor admits that before he was engaged to Nikki, he had, as he put it, a sex friend. He claims, which is, and he just kind of does the gross thing that handle, that 
bothers me, but just like, what? I'm a man. I have needs. It was just about taking care of needs. That's all it was. It's like, you have a hand for that. Stop it. Mm. Right? (laughs) The whole situation is very normal to him and she just shouldn't be mad. So after all, they never really did have a real conversation about when they would become exclusive. So he catches up to her and he, he keeps trying to like grab her while she's trying to get his hands off of him and just get past him. He's like blocking her way. It's not a good look. So she thinks that since they were going on vacations, doing things like going to Mexico, vacation, and applying for the K-1 visa, that they were clearly and obviously exclusive at that point. Like when I'm filling out the fiancé visa paperwork, you shouldn't be having sex with other people. Um, And so she kind of says that she's done with the engagement and wants to go home, at least as she says now. But Igor is like, oh, it meant nothing. And now Nikki kind of turns that back at him and he's like, well, I feel like I mean nothing. I'm the one who means nothing. So in an interview, she more or less thinks that she kind of tells us that she is split on the decision here. She doesn't know what to do because she doesn't think she can do better than him. So Yeah, and that's what I mean by being real. That is an honest answer. Yeah, yeah. So she's like, this is as good as I can get. So maybe it's, and if this is, if I can, if I reject this, you know, we're kind of getting into that last chance at love situation. Right. right? Yeah. Um, so then she's very much like, where is my life if I actually break this out? Right. So she's sitting down at this point and he kind of hugs her while she just cries. So then we see them packing up to leave the little villa and she makes a comment about how, uh, how now she knows why he doesn't want to have, why he doesn't want to have sex with her. And Igor is like, finish that thought. Why? And she doesn't answer. Like, he's like, no, you said you know why. Tell me why. Why don't I, why don't I want to do it? And she's like, well, you know. You know why. Think about it for a little bit. Um, and it's all weird. Anyway, so she tells us that she feels betrayed and used. And it, because this is, again, not something they discussed. They didn't agree to an open relationship. And she also brings up how during this time, not only was she applying for visas, they were going on vacations together. She was paying his bills. Like she was helping him out financially while he was with this sex friend. So he keeps following her around the house and everything and asks, so how can we do to fix it? I love you and I want to be with you. So he's kind of on that Jasmine thing. He's like, but I love you. Um, And now I feel like an asshole. It's like now you feel like an asshole. (laughs) So his defense of himself rests on, well, I never lied to anybody. Once I committed to you and we were actually engaged, I stopped sleeping with other people. And also I told my friends and family about you about your being trans is what the implication there is. Mm-hmm. So they just disagree on really as to when this commitment to each other was actually made and they aren't really making any progress for a while. So he thinks the situation he, – then he starts kind of getting mad at her just like you're just making something out of nothing. We just want to – I just want to throw this conversation in the garbage and she says that if we throw this conversation in the garbage, you're going with it. So <laughs> it does seem that her suspicions now it was that if there was somebody else before, then they're – very well could be somebody else now, right? And that's that's where she was getting at with the, now I know why you don't want to sleep with me. It was basically because you're sleeping with somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of where, where she left it. So, I mean, do you think that there's a chance that he's still sleeping with this, somebody else and he still has his sex friend? Uh, yeah. I mean, because he said it so casually, like it was no big deal. So I kind of feel like maybe he thinks it's no big deal, but... You know, she she has been out here exclusively. So I do think there is something to, you know, uh, the fact that what he was saying, right? He said that she keeps on asking for it, gives him masculine energy, and he doesn't like that. 
I think that is the real reason why he has been hesitant to sleep with her. You mm-hmm. know, if he was really just like all horned up, like he's like trying to make it sound like and needs to have his needs met, he would have been sleeping with her this whole time, right? Because it's not right. like this sure. other girl is in the picture at least. Right. According to his story, he hasn't been with this girl in months, right? And right so it has right. been months. And if it's like, oh, well, but it's been months, you have needs that must get met, You then, yeah, why would you not get your needs met immediately? Right. So I don't think it, the other girl is around. Uh, but at the same time, I also don't think he thinks it's a big deal. I mean, because he did, even the way he revealed it wasn't a big deal. Like, you know, most people would be like, oh, you know, I try to preface it or soften the blow. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. Like he just said it. He kind of said very it very much way in passing. Yeah. Very much like the way you'd admit that you had like. A, a manual transmission car or something like that. Oh, yeah, right. I drive stick. And you're like, wait, you drive stick? You didn't tell me, you know? It's just, right. He just said it like that. It was That's how casually he said it. It was like, well, have you ever done that before? It's like, oh, yeah, of course we've done that before. Like, when? Well, I don't know. When's the last time? Like, he did very much seem like it was just like a, a situation. And some people, I guess, think like that. But you have to understand that most people don't, right? Yeah. Like, I don't think his culture is such that – it's such a free love culture – Right. It's oh, just absolutely like, not. It's just like, hey, I haven't had someone in a while. You haven't had someone in a while. There's a, there's the opportunity. Like, we'll just do that as if we're seeing a movie together. Like, that's yeah. weird. Speaking of, I had a question, like, when he said, you know, he had a friend. And I was just like, is this the friend that she met? Yeah, I wonder if it is. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, there was only one woman. There was only in one a, girl in the, right. in, the, in, the, in the friend group. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, well, is this the woman you know and so i i mean if i were nikki that's what i would want to know like how close Ooh, is this yeah. person to Have I met you this person yes right because you say it's just a friend you know so to me that's like someone who is actively in your life right because it also makes it worse and yeah, it's like wait, for sure. you introduced me to one woman in, in moldova and it was the person you were banging while right. i was paying your bills yeah like, really like that that's that is a that is a next level thing. Right. And so yeah, I had that question. I was just like, uh, okay, it could be so much worse, right? If it ended up being this woman that Nikki met and tried to befriend, right? She was, you know, trying to get her advice and stuff. Yeah, and asked her like and asked her like sexual advice. Like, right. Do people in Moldova go down on you? Like it was it was like like cis- Yeah, and oh god, stuff. how bad and, would that be? Because she's like, Yeah, they do. You know, so <laughs> right. she's getting the experience and Nikki isn't. <laughs> right. Right. If she's specifically thinking about this Moldovan man, the one that you're <laughs> right. to date. Like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> right. OK, uh, let's move on uh, to another couple uh, who's, you know, just getting started out here. And that's Nick and Devin. So Kevin, uh, Devin's dad. Uh, and Nick have time to themselves as Kevin is supervising Nick cleaning his boat. Kevin tells Nick that he wants to try and get to know him in the short amount of time before uh, his daughter and Nick get married so he can make sure that Devin is shown respect. Kevin specifically brings up Nick's comments on fat Americans during the fish, mm-hmm. fish fry, and Nick basically reiterates his comments. Kevin then brings up the fact that Nick calls Devin Piggy. Nick tells us that Kevin is scary and he's afraid he's made a bad impression by calling Devin Piggy. You think? Nick thinks that it's just a joke. 
Nick says that Devin was bothered at first, but Nick was persistent. So now she just accepts it. Kevin asks Oof. if Nick thinks that builds a strong relationship and Nick starts laughing, which does not amuse Kevin. But Kevin wants to give him the benefit of the doubt and assumes that Nick is laughing because he is nervous. But he does tell Nick that Devin might not let it bother her until one day she's had enough. Nick recognizes that maybe this nickname is mean and says that he doesn't want to hurt anyone's feelings, so he'll try to stop. Kevin still has doubts, and he hopes that Nick is taking things seriously. Devin's mom, Katrina, then gives Devin a package that she says may be the wedding dress. Devin had a custom handboat made, and Devin isn't super thrilled after she opens it that the top part is made of gold. Devin hates gold, but she's going to try it on. Katrina is worried that the wedding is less than two weeks away, and if Devin isn't happy about the dress, she has a feeling that Devin just won't walk down the aisle. It does fit, but Devin wants the top just redone because she doesn't like this gold. Katrina says that Devin isn't very demonstrative, and she knows that Devin is more upset than she appears. Katrina thinks that they need to have a backup dress just in case nothing can be done about the gold top. So they go wedding dress shopping. Devin says she hates dress shopping, so shopping for a dress she doesn't even want is just torture. Katrina picks out a couple of dresses. Devin imagines that this is as bad as root canal. She tries on a dress that Katrina loves, but Devin feels awkward with her arms out. Her sister, on the other hand, points out that the dress looks pretty much the same as the handboat, so she she's like wondering why Devin is so anti this dress. Mm-hmm. Devin comes out in another dress and says that she doesn't want a backup dress. She is being stubborn, so Katrina just gives up. Devin says that her mom tries to give advice, but it's more like nagging. Okay, so Devin goes back into the room to change out the dress, and the sales associate comes out to tell everyone that Devin is crying and, like, come get your girl. So (laughs) Katrina tries to enter the space, but just Devin isn't having it. Katrina is done and says that it's out of her hands. Devin takes off her mic and just refuses to talk to anyone. Okay, so what is your impression of Devin after this? Because I feel like we haven't really gotten to know her. It's been a lot of her just kind of looking terrified or too nervous to talk. Right, right. And this doesn't help. She is a very quiet person. She still doesn't Mm -hmm. say much even here when the scenes are more or less focused on her. Um, But she comes along. She comes across here as extremely childish. Right. I don't even understand what her problem is. Like, oh, I know what her problem. I know exactly what her problem. Is. I, I I read this first. She doesn't like the handbook. Right. Yeah. It's the wrong color. But instead of just being like it's the wrong color, she's just gonna look at it and be like, <clears throat> I just, <clears throat> and then just in, in, in internalizing all of her frustration. Right. Uh-huh. And like it's gold. <laughs> and you can see the mom is like that. She's like. She's not a person Uh-oh. who expresses her emotions, but she's like, wow, she is a mega pissed right now. Like yeah. this is as pissed as I've seen her. Right. And then she goes dress shopping and she just feels like this is not something I have to do. So if I'm putting it in my more outwardly frustration, it's like I don't want to go to dress shopping. I shouldn't even have to dress shop. I already bought a dress. I hate dress shopping. It sucks. I don't like the dress that I have. All these dresses are going to suck. I don't want to do this. And so, of course, all the dresses suck. Right. Mm-hmm. Like. She went into the dress shopping thinking all of these dresses are going to suck and then put on a dress and everybody's like, it looks good. She's like, no, you're wrong. This sucks. I hate it. My arms are out. I just can't. There was literally not a dress in that shop in the world that she would have said looked good. Yeah. 
I mean, she could have bought, what are they, I forget what they call them, boleros or something. She could have got one of those uh, sleeve things for the top. Like, if that was her only complaint with that one dress, there are options. Yeah, but no, that's the point, is that wasn't her complaint about the one dress. Right. It wasn't wrong. It wasn't that much different, like, silhouette-wise than the handbook, right? Yeah. And it was just that she did not want to be here, and so everything was going to suck. Like, there was nothing you could have brought her that she would have been like, oh, this is actually nice. She would have been, she was just in that kind of, uh, that spiraling, frustrated mood where you're just going to find something wrong with everything, right? And yeah. I don't know if she needed a Snickers or something on top mm-hmm. of that, like, but that's what she was acting. She, she was acting the way people act when they're hangry, right? Yeah. It's like, it doesn't matter what, ha- what we do. It doesn't matter what I say. You're just angry at the world because you need to get some food, right? She was angry at the world because this one thing didn't go right already, right? So that's where I think it came from. And so it was like, now that part, I know I've experienced myself. I know I've been in those kind of moods myself. Mm-hmm. The part where I'm just like crying in the dressing room though, that's that <laughs> that's not a part. That, that part's usually left out of me, of my personality. Right. I, I didn't understand how she was upset crying when before it just seemed like she was mad and angry yes yeah well i mean i i have known plenty of people and it's most mostly women that when they get angry they start to cry Hmm. and then they get more angry that they're crying because they don't want to be crying because that's dumb and sad but it's like but they're crying so now that they're angry that they're crying so they cry more because they're more angry and it's like a cycle of love of that right but i've known i've definitely known people who when they start to get mad and they get really frustrated, they just start crying. And it's not like – and they're like, I'm not sad. I'm mad. But but it's, it is crying. And I don't know if she was doing that same thing. I don't know if it – it could have very well been angry crying. But it was enough angry crying that the person was like, she's killing the vibe of the bridal <laughs> yeah, shop. someone come get her. This is supposed to be like champagne and oohs and ahs and smiles and – She's angry crying in the room and everybody can hear God, her angry crying. I know. She just, this uh, season does not make her look good, right? It kind of just makes her seem like, I don't even know. I, I don't want to say unhinged, but just not, she does not handle life well, it doesn't seem. No, and it's like, you clearly, and that's the thing, it's very frustrating. It's going to be frustrating even more for, for Nick here because it's like, the mom has, you know, however many years of reading this person's mind. And yeah. the mom is ki- is pretty good at it. She's like, nope, nope, I can tell. She's super pissed, right? Yeah. Whereas Nick does not have that. And like she doesn't – she, but she does not say what she thinks or feels. Yeah, that, right? yeah that's problematic because I, I was just going to talk about this next. Like I don't know if Nick would care because he doesn't seem to care that she was – maybe deeply offended by him calling her piggy. He's like, well, I'll just do it enough times that she'll just get on board with it. And, and you know what? I think it was funny is I think what took what it took, and I don't know that he's going to do it very much anymore because I think it took him trying to just that thing. Explain to me what you did there. And he's like, well, she didn't like it, but I kept doing it anyway because and then at that point he's like, wait, this there's no end of a sentence that sounds okay, that makes me look okay. Yeah. <laughs> like they all sound bad. Like, and it wasn't until he had to explain it to somebody else that he was like, "This sounds really shitty." Like I can't think of how to spin this that's not shitty. And like, 
and it, it, the dad is right. And it's especially something you don't want to hear. You don't want to hear your 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 daughter's you know partner calling her something offensive, right? And you right. really don't want to hear that it's like, oh, she told me she didn't like it, but I kept doing it anyway until she gave up yeah. and stopped struggling. And it's like that I really don't want to hear like from my daughter's yeah. potential partner. That's really, really bad. Yeah, and I don't understand why it took this conversation for him to get that it wasn't okay. And he really does think it's a joke because he's really, you know, especially at the beginning of the season, really digging into this piggy thing with the stuffed animals. and. Yeah, and it's just it, – it, it's – I think it's a joke that he, he thought was funny until – it's one of those jokes that I feel like – I mean, and I'm not accusing him of doing this, but I feel like it's when somebody tells you a racist joke. Mm. Right. And you're like, I'm not amused by that racist joke. Right. And it's like and then you have to be like and it, it doesn't they're kind of like, oh, come on, it's a joke. And you're like, explain to me why that joke is funny. And then <laughs> yeah. they're like, oh, well, and then you're like, yeah, so let's let's back off of that. Right. It's not until you get to that, that it seemed funny to him at the time. And then until he had to explain, explain to me why that's funny. And all of a sudden it's like, well, it seems a lot less funny now that you're making me try to explain why it's funny it just sounds offensive and it's like yes it does sound offensive doesn't it yeah i mean i don't really understand this couple um you know no, especially after really. kind of yeah. seeing them like play out a little bit more like not even having anything to do with them together but just seeing him separate and her separate i don't see this and it's just bizarre to me and then also what i realized and i don't think i noticed the first time there's an eight-year difference between the two which i know in the whole grand scheme of things isn't that bad but it's mm -hmm. like she's 23 and he's 31 that's a big difference for you know younger years that is a really big difference and it makes that kind of not knowing how to talk about what you're thinking and feeling um mm -hmm. makes it make a little bit more sense because that is hard when you're 23 like yeah you don't, and that's it's, when you're 23, it's kind of like, I think it's a little bit like when you're 23, you're so kind of close to childhood and mm -hmm. you're close to your parents and you're used to some, the two people who you spend the most time with who are in charge of like managing your emotions can kind of read your mind because they yeah. raised you from, from, you know, infancy and uh -huh. like, and all of a sudden you get to a person who's not able to read your mind and right. ha you have to explain it to them and you're not used to that. Yeah, and I think it's not going to help their situation that they're living with her parents because I have a feeling that dad is going to intervene more often. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I think you're right. I think we're going to have more instances where the, their problems, if they get solved, only get solved because mom and dad are like, mm -hmm. we're going to sit down and figure this out, right? We're, we This is what happened. Or they're going to inform Nick what's the problem on behalf yes. of sure. Devin. For sure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but yeah, it's like both of them are Nick's. It, it, it is really hard because when we talked about like, what is it? What is it you're getting out of this relationship? Devin hasn't explained that at all. Right. No, she's always crying. I, yeah. I feel like she's I don't want to say mentally unstable, emotionally unstable. She seems a little bit like emotionally unstable. I think that's the best way to describe it because this is not her first time crying. No, it is not. She started crying in front of his parents, too. Yeah. Right? And that and also a situation where it felt like nothing was going on, you know, like. Yeah. And it is it, it is a it is a step back from like from his parents and from it mm -hmm. from the, 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 the bridal lady is like, uh, she seemed fine a minute ago and now she's crying. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know what to do with this. Uh, mm -hmm. Somebody help. 
Yeah, so uh, maybe she'll keep doing that, but that is that is a rather concerning thing. Um, speaking of other concerning things, let's move on to Sam and Citra, who maybe they're on the wrong sharp show. We'll have to see. Um, oh, God, I know, so, right? <laughs> so Sam is at his brother Luke's house for a family barbecue. So he says that his parents are supportive about his relationship with Citra, but they have been giving him a hard time about this relationship. Like, pretty sure of it. She's never actually going to come to the States. Like, are you sure you have a Canadian girlfriend? That You know, she's not Canadian, but you know what I mean. The <laughs> um, internet thing. So he tells uh, he tells them, yeah, like they're here now. It's definitely going to happen. And not only is Citra going to come, but her dad and her sisters also are going to be here a couple days afterwards. So he's nervous about having to mind his P's and Q's around her dad, the cop. And then um, he tells them that, you know, that cop dad is going to take him like a few days after he gets there. He's going to take him to the mosque so they, he can convert to Islam. And um, his mom isn't crazy about him converting. I only buy this, by the way, and we back up and he says this. He tells dad's going to take me to convert to Islam while he's holding a beer. <laughs> like, <laughs> God. So we'll get to that. <laughs> so mom isn't crazy about him converting. She thinks that you shouldn't convert into religions just to get married to somebody. He shouldn't have to do that. But um, – then they just kind of show off their ignorance about uh, about um, Islam. So she asks, do they celebrate Christmas? And he's like, no, no, no. They have another holiday whose name I can't remember. I think it's Yom Kippur. Oh, God. It wrong religion. It is not Yom Kippur. That is His the dad knew. He's religion. like, no. <laughs> that's not <laughs> so, it. Wrong. That's not it. Nope. He was, I guess he was looking for Eid, but it wasn't even close. It was not <laughs> even close. So in Indonesia, we see Citra with her dad and her sister going to get some of the spicy food that she won't be able to get in the U.S. So that kind of checks and see if she's if she's ready to go and tells her that the first thing she'll have to do when she gets to the States is you got to find that mosque. You got to get started on the conversion. You got to get the wedding set up. Get to the mosque, like airport mosque. That's where you got to go. So dad says that he's required by his religion to be a witness at the wedding. So that's why he's going to be there. And Sam is going to convert, according to dad, whether he likes it or not. <laughs> Which is I don't I, is that count as converting? I'm still no. So back in the states, coercion maybe. Yeah, but I I yeah, I just don't <laughs> I, I don't know. I, it, back in the states, Sam says he's focused on showing her dad the best time that he can because in addition to everything else, uh, Sam has some legal trouble hanging over his head. So he said he's recently been arrested on possession of suboxone, um, suboxone which is a like methadone. It's a opiate that you use to get clean. Um, he tells us a dubious story about like, well, my doctor was just carrying these pills that weren't in prescription bottles and I got arrested for that. And yeah, they were in baggies, which is just like I, there were so many parts of that story that didn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. And um, looking on Starcasm or whatever, apparently left out all the cocaine that they also found in the car. Oh, God. Um, so he – so anyway – there is some sort of diversion program, which is basically that he would, he would be go, go into rehab and avoid jail time. But he's also missed the deadline to apply for that. So he might have to spend some time in prison. This is why we say it might belong in another sharp show like yeah. Love After Lockup. Love so during Lockup. <laughs> yeah. Citrin knows about the uh, addiction and she know he's, knows he was recently arrested but does not know that he missed this deadline and might be facing jail time. So he wants to wait until she gets here to fill her in because if he tells her, he might, she might not come here. Oh, like, God. Why? Why do people do that? It's so annoying. It is. It's super annoying. It's like I basically put here, I want, 
I, I wanted her to have fewer options about how to react right. to it. So oh I didn't tell gosh. her yet. Um, so anyway, then it's the day for Citra to leave and she's all packed up but is still overwhelmed and sad about leaving her family. So she says her goodbyes outside of the airport and then hops on the plane. So in America, Sam is doing some last-minute cleaning before Citra gets there. So they haven't seen each other for two years and it might be a little awkward but he's still excited. So she, he's wearing this fancy shirt that she sent sent him and he's even brought a – he bought her a fancy prayer mat and some fresh pillows for the bed, which he hopes to get some um, use use of. He's like making mixed-race babies, which is like why – that's a very specific thing you said. Um, so he's looking forward to having some alone time with Citra before the family gets here. Um, and it seems like he's not so secretly worried that they might accidentally slip up while they're cuddling um, before dad gets here. Um, but then he gets to the airport with flowers and his signs and starts waiting. Um, she lands in Kansas City and, you know, um, well, it's funny because I know it wasn't that long ago because it's clearly the new terminal in Kansas City. Yeah. Which uh, we we are both very familiar with the Kansas City yes. airport. And I was like, this is in the past year because I know when that thing opened. Um, right, so, right. Um, she pops out and they have a big triumphant airport hug. And he, even if he isn't strong enough to pick her up and spit her like he tries. Oh, God. Um, they are super happy to be together and she's happy to be, make, be able to make fun of his tiny face. So <laughs> they said they've only actually physically been together for 12 days, but now they're going to be together forever. Well, I guess in theory, unless he goes to goes prison, to prison. In which case they wouldn't. Um, so they also have a really lot to do in a short amount of time. And so I guess it's like I am very confused about do they even let you convert if you can't name one of the holidays? Like that seems like – you don't know what you're getting into. You're not allowed to be a Muslim. Like believing right. is what makes you Muslim, not just yeah. going to a mosque and putting your name down. Yeah. My thought is, don't you have to take like a test or something? Like, right? I feel like if you want to convert to, let's say, Judaism, like you have to go to classes to and there's tests. Yes. Right. Yeah. And I want to say the same for Mormons, too, because they all have basically a a version of confirmation, right? And confirmation, you have to take confirmation classes. Yes. Yeah. I, mean, I'm, I, I was raised Catholic. You have to yeah. do, if you want to convert to Catholicism, there's classes and stuff you have to take. Right. If you want to get married in the Catholic church, they make you take classes. Like there's yeah. always classes. Like you have, and, and at the end of the day, it is up to the priest and it's up to the bishop. But if they think you're not being um, genuine with what you're doing mm. and what you're saying, they won't do it. Like if you're just going to be like, yeah, whatever, just put the water on my head. It's good. And they're like, well, do you accept Jesus as your savior? Like what? whatever, fine. Yeah, sure. Whatever. They're like, no, I'm not doing that. You clearly don't believe. I'm not going to baptize you if you don't believe. Like, yeah. And that to me is kind of ridiculous too. Like how does Citra not just like hear Sam and be like, no, this is not a true believer. Like this guy is clearly doing it for her. Does she care? That he really believes or just does she care that he's going through the motions and as far as she knows, is pra he's practicing? Yeah. And so it is. It, it, but as far as she knows, if he's an if he's an actual practicing to the level that she practices, mm -hmm. right, she has a prayer mat in the house. She prays five times a day. She's going to expect yeah. him to pray five times a day. Right. Um, yeah, I don't see this happening. I mean, I could see him turning to drugs, going to prison just to get away from it. Yeah, I mean that's what that's my thing. Is he he's so ignorant about the entire religion that he was mm -hmm. drinking a beer and saying, "I think Yom Kippur is one of their holidays." Like <laughs> right. it's bonkers, oh, like that's going on. And it's like, and 
And I guess the same thing with dad, too. Is like, is that really good enough for you? Yeah. Like, like, doesn't he think like, oh, well, isn't this guy just doing it just to get married to my daughter? Yeah. This is not someone who's going to uh, be able to raise my grandchildren in the right. faith that I that I that I hold so dear. Right. That's not going to happen with this guy just being like, oh, yeah, I, we, we, I shotgun converted him to, in, to Islam because he had no choice in the matter. And then. Yeah, that's it. That, that, no, I'm satisfied with that. That seems okay. so. So I to know me. of someone. It's like a friend of a friend who kind of is the same situation. Like he is trying to convert to Islam specifically because his partner is telling him, like, "Well, we can't be together long term unless you do this." So he's converting. And what I don't get is if. Religion is such an important part of your life where it is a deal breaker. Why are you seeking out other people to convert? Like that yeah. seems like a very inefficient, like could lead to really bad failure. Like just find someone who's your same religion if that is so terribly important to you. And I'm not saying it can't be. But why are you trying to convert other people who clearly don't really want to be converted? They just want you. Yeah, that it's it's I I am confused by that as well. Like if if being that religion is mm -hmm. a deal breaker, yeah, then why are we looking at people who aren't that? Why did you even start dating people who aren't that religion? I don't know. Maybe that's part of the religion. Like maybe Muslims are like, okay, our missionary statement is to <laughs> seduce, <laughs> convert, <people>. seduce, <laughs> convert, and marry <laughs> more followers. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean you. And, and generally, the, I guess the kids we raise in the faith, but it's just like it is like. Well, if you're just doing if you're just doing this that you don't believe in mm -hmm. to to marry, what else are you doing that you don't believe in just to get her locked down? Like you yeah. know, it's 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 very very foreign to me. I mean, right? But I don't know. Like we said, he might end up in jail anyway. We're even the wrong show. So yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of disingenuous, let's talk about Sophie and Rob. Oh God. So. Sophie has just told Rob that she's bisexual and he's just sitting there, not saying anything. Sophie hopes his feelings for her haven't changed. He finally says that she probably should have told him before. Sophie says that she didn't really accept it for herself when they were first dating. Rob says it mostly just raises some new questions. If Sophie is just realizing she's bi now, like, what does that mean for their relationship? And Sophie says that she's physically attracted to women, but she's never dated a woman. Sophie says that she would want to have sex with a woman, but she's committed to marrying Rob. Rob wonders if it will play into their relationship because he wonders if she's always going to wonder what it would be like to have sex with a woman. He's having a hard time trying to figure out what Sophie's, you know, telling him exactly. Sophie says that in the future, if she felt like she wanted to be with a woman, she would never cheat on him. But instead, she would have a respectful conversation with him to which Rob is firm on the fact that it's three way or uh, no way. It's th three way all the way. Rob thinks it's fair that if she has sex with a woman, he gets to as well. And I guess the same one. I guess so. I said this hypothetical. I always love how they put this hypothetical woman that definitely wants to have sex with both of them. Right. Just conjures up out of nowhere, like in this conversation. <laughs> like she has no agency in the thing. She, yeah, like, sorry, there's a woman that's attracted to you. Sorry, she's got to have sex with me. Like that's oh, not. God. No. Yeah. 
Uh, Sophie thinks that's disgusting and she would never agree to that. So on that note, Sophie wants to get ready to go ring shopping. Rob wants more time to explore what Sophie's bisexuality means for their relationship. On their way to the jewelry store, Rob is interrogating her. Now, things have taken a turn since Rob has denied his threesome. Now he's being aggressive and questioning her, wondering if there's something more and uh, if she's really going to be just content with never being with a woman. Sophie's just had enough of this conversation and just wants to focus on buying the rings. Rob is clearly having doubts about their situation, but says, yeah, let's look at rings. Rob walks in and says that he wants a cheap gold wedding band and he wants the cheapest thing that the, the jeweler has. The cheapest thing in the store. <laughs> Give me your finest, cheapest thing. <laughs> Sophie is just embarrassed and thinks that Rob is taking his mood out on the ring guy. Rob wants to spend like $200 and tells the ring guy that they have a short amount of time to get married and that they have old and new problems kind of just airing his grievances out. Rob tells the ring guy that Sophie is dropping bombs on him, but doesn't elaborate because, you know, Sophie told him to keep it between them that she was coming out. They both agree on rings and actually are kind of both happy with the rings that they picked out. And they uh, have a grand total of $500, which Rob is happy about. So Rob actually does seem to soften a little bit after they pick out their rings. And then they end their segment with a champagne toast. All right. So what do you think Rob is more upset about? That Sophie was keeping this from him? That he's being denied a threesome? Or that he has to, you know, spend any money? Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a cascading scale. I don't <laughs> think the, the way the threesome thing came up, it wasn't like, uh, oh, so we could like have a threesome. Like it wasn't yeah. like this sounds like fun. It was like, no. If you're going to have sex with somebody else, I'm going to have sex with somebody else, right? Which is not unreasonable. Like, I think, I mean, not unreasonable. The way he said it was awful, right? But I think she kind of also had a bad way of thinking about it, coming about it, right? Mm -hmm. Because she was like, he was like, you know, something was that mean you're going to have sex with women. She's like, right now, no, I don't. I I am committed to being with you. I only want to have sex with you. And if I ever wanted if I ever wanted to have sex with a woman, then that now we're talking about that. That was not a necessary part of the conversation to have. Right. right? Because that if I ever did want to have sex with a woman, I would just just bring it up with you. And it's like, well, because that makes it sound like, well, I would tell you before I did it. Like I wouldn't mm-hmm. go behind your back and cheat on you. I would tell you and then proceed to do it because I get to make those decisions. Right. And that's not a cool thing to hear like mm-hmm. either. Um and and then of course he handled the whole thing just awfully. But yeah. But then it came to the point too, and I get kind of got lost in the shuffle of him, of him being so aggressive. Is when he was like, "Well, I don't think that's fair." Like, and he didn't say it like this. It seems like if you get to step outside of the relationship to have sex, mm-hmm. I should also get to step outside the relationship and have sex, right? Yeah. And she was like, "Well, no, because I would be exploring my sexuality, and you would just be trying to get lucky." And it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, nope, 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 nope. Like it doesn't get to be like someone – one person's sexual experience is valid and the other one is invalid because I'm right. bi. That doesn't make sense, right? And yeah. so he was frustrated with the whole situation because it didn't it, – it, it didn't go – neither of them handled it very well. I think neither of them had a good – had a very good conversation. But he really did seem like 
when she told him he was bi, and, and I think what his head was, and this is what started the frustration, mm-hmm. is that it was, you're telling me this now? Yeah. The only reason you would tell me this now is if you wanted to have sex with a woman. Yeah, and this kind of goes back to what we were saying last week, right? Uh, what we said last week was like, why does this even matter? And not right. to say that you shouldn't have this conversation, but like this conversation doesn't matter. If you agreed to be exclusive and committed to being exclusive for the rest of your lives, then the fact that you're attracted to another sex doesn't make a difference. No, it doesn't. No more than it makes a difference of all the I'm like for me, I'm very straight. I am Kinsey zero. Like I am straight, straight, straight. Right. But there's all kinds of different women that I'm attracted to that I've never slept with before. It's like, sure. I, I've, right. And it's like, well, are you going to decide five years from now? You want to know what it's like to sleep with a ginger? And I'm like, oh, like, <laughs> you're like, like, maybe I'll just always wonder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll just always wonder. Right. There's still there's plenty of people that I have I am attracted to and am not having sex with and will never have sex with. And that's called life. Right. And yeah, like, so I don't understand why that makes a difference if some of those people are women and some of them are men instead of all of them being women or all of them being men. Right. Right. But I think like Rob is just kind of immature and that he, you know, because he can't relate to that situation and empathize. Mm -hmm. That's why he can't understand it. Well, obviously, you're going to want to step out because that's what I would want to do. That's what I would want to do. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I mean, and, and to be fair, it is that is does seem like a different enough thing that you'd be like, well, you have to imagine it would be wildly different, like way, yeah. way, way bigger of a difference than sleeping with a brunette and sleeping with a ginger, right? Like that's those are like I wouldn't expect that to be as wildly different as sleeping with someone that had completely different genitals. Like that would be a sure. bigger change, right? And a bigger yeah. thing that you that you want. But I mean, he just was nasty as hell. And again, it's not even. We go through this, not just how he says it, just the disdain in his voice the entire mm-hmm. conversation was awful. Well, I mean, I think it was pretty obvious that he, you know, what he was feeling just based on how he was talking to the ring guy. Poor Tony, the ring guy. We had the poor wine guy last time. We have the poor ring guy this time. Just, yeah. And and that's it, too. It's like I when he walked in there and literally was like. Give me your cheapest rings. Show me your cheapest rings. Like, and she was like, I want to look over. Don't look at those rings. Don't even look at them. Like, we're looking at these right. cheap rings. Like, it would have been like, all right, we need to do this another time, man. This is not the time to, to shop for this ring. Especially when he's going to end up with that ring that he did buy, which was, oh, I hated that ring so much. Yeah. Yeah. This ring was not my, my style. It was weird. No, like, it wasn't mine either. Facets all over the tungsten ring. I was like, what is that? It's a disco yeah. ball on his finger for some reason. Yeah, definitely. All right. So who else do I have? Oh, Clayton. Okay. So Clayton and Annalie are at a petting zoo. Um, I guess it's a petting zoo that's at a llama farm. Um, And the excuse they have for visiting here is because she's from Peru. And they have llamas in Peru. They do. even Even though they're mountain animals, though, and she lives on the coast, and she's like, there's not really llamas where I live? But okay, I appreciate the effort. Um, So... She start by feeding uh, Iggy Pop, which is the name of uh, one of the llamas, a carrot, and they're doing a llama kiss where you put the carrot in your mouth and the, the llama eats it out of your mouth. Ew, gross. Um, so pretty soon, 
Clayton is uh, being surrounded on all sides because he has a bag of carrots by all kinds of creatures like the llamas and the goats. And one of the goats kicks him in the nuts, which he says is the most action he's gotten since Annalie arrived. So then she's like, are the goats into my boyfriend? Is he a goat? (laughs) So anyway, it's all jokes. So after the good impression with the llamas, as this date has a part two, that he's hoping might get him lucky tonight. And that's dinner at a Peruvian restaurant. So she says that her diet has changed quite a bit since moving to the U.S., mostly because Clayton eats a tremendous number of hamburgers. Um, And that is another discussion we have of a Latin American person who is like, and since I moved to America, I spend way more time in the bathroom. So um, while they're eating, Annalise starts to mention uh, the lack of privacy um, that they have um, since they're always in this tiny apartment that's three of them. And it's not just about the lack of intimacy or the lack of her wanting to be intimate because of the lack of privacy. It's like no privacy ever at all point for her whole life. So another concern that she has is how much time this dude spends on his computer, which they basically basically look like is from dusk until dawn. Like he gets up, gets on the computer, and he stays on it all day long. So she Mm -hmm. she says maybe we should uh, do something else. Like – and this is still at the dinner. Like, you know, hang out with some of your friends. And he was like – well, we can't hang out with my friends because my friends only exist online. Like, they're real people. Like, they're not bots or anything, but they're just people I know through the computer. So they live, like, all over the place. So he says that, that doesn't bother him. He's fine having online friends. But even his best friend of 10 years is somebody that he's never actually met in person. So she just doesn't understand. She's like, I don't – how could that person be your friend? Like, that's not what a friend is. And they just – he's just like, oh, we just agree to disagree. But his lack of real-life friends is very much a concern for her, not just because it's kind of a red flag, like how does this dude have no friends, but because that means there's no reason to leave the apartment. Like, oh, we'll go do something with your friends. It's like, no, we won't. Okay, let's do something with my friends on the computer. Um, So that means it's just going to be her, Clayton, and mom in the closet. God. So back in the apartment, Annalie is trying to keep things clean, but the clutter of the pets is just like giving her anxiety. So she feels like this apartment is really, really just an apartment that's made – meant to be lived in by one person and not three people with four animals. So things would be a lot better if, if the mom didn't live with them. So we then see a flashback of her getting stressed about all the clutter in the kitchen that we – you know, we've seen mom be warned about beforehand. And she's just like, nope, those aren't mine. Those are those are Annalise. I was waiting for her to clean them up. So, oh, God. Yeah. Um, so anyway um, – uh, what happens then? Oh, then she goes in to see Clayton who – guess what? He's at his computer and he's deeply immersed doing some, doing what he says is I'm doing many things on the computer. So oh, she God. feels like he's too isolated and they are not really compatible in their social lives. So she asks if he has sent out the wedding invitations um, including to his friend Cameron who he's like, ah, that's the best friend of 10 years. And he's like, I don't know if our friendship involves like going to weddings and stuff. So Annalise suggests that maybe before the wedding, they could actually go and visit him um, so they can meet. And also you can ask him to be your best man because you have to have somebody up there. So he says it's a good idea. Um, He says it's a good idea with his voice, but his face doesn't look like it. So he thinks it's going to be awkward because, well, he's awkward. Um, Oh, and by the way, he lives in San Diego, so that's where they're going. So uh, she's scared about what he's seen and is kind of like – Judging this, it was like, all right, well, 
before I met Mary this guy, I want to like take him to meet the person in real life and see if he's capable of holding one friend. Like that's, that's what I'm <laughs> yeah. looking for here is, is that. So, I mean, does Clayton have a better chance of really, you know, getting this one friend or she needs to go back to the goats? Uh, I think she just needs to go back to the goats. Like, honestly, I, you know, after she had kind of voiced her concerns about his lack of a social life, really, you know, like in the real world, it really made me realize, like, this is not a good match. Like, this is the guy that's never going to want to leave. No, and like, right. if she was like that, too, fine, you know, but it doesn't sound like she's like that. And I don't think she realized that this guy is always going to be at his computer. And part of it is that I could also see him as being the type because, you know, what is he, a cyber security person or something? Right. That's what he says. Yeah. Yeah. I could see him uh, working from home. And, you know, those people who like work longer hours because they're not completely focused on their work. Uh, yeah. So they're kind of like uh, multitasking, but it just takes them longer than if they just did their work in like the eight hours. That's what multitasking does all the time. Yes. Right. 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 Yes. It like right. divides the amount, <laughs> you know, your attention and the time. So I just feel like he is someone who is going to be working super long hours yeah. oh, and not necessarily finish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Not because he's stressed out because he's also playing games while he's like doing it, you know. And so it's just I I just don't see her as having a healthy social life and she's going to realize that oh my god she's turning into a clayton essentially because now she's interacting with her family the same way because she has no choice Uh, yeah yeah. i mean and it is it's one of those things that oftentimes in a couple um well that's the thing too is that oftentimes in a couple and it's very stereotypically it goes like this is one of the partner's kind of has more friends and has a bigger social circle. Yeah. And that couple just be kind of comes it goes into that social circle. Right. Right. Sure. And more often than not, it's the women woman's social circle, right? Women are mm-hmm. generally better in, in in at least in our society at maintaining big circles of friends and guys tend to have activity friends, right? That's right, my friend that right. I play video games with. That's my friend that I work with. That's my friend that I do this other thing with, right? Mm-hmm. Well, why don't you go ask him to go out for drinks later? It's like, no, that's weird. No, we only do this thing together. We don't do drinks. <laughs> at, oh, yeah. right? You see a lot of that from guys is that they don't have these, those close friendships with those, those friend circles. And I feel like that could work except for she's the immigrant. She left her country and she left her circles. And so she's kind of reliant on his and he just doesn't have them. Yeah. Right? And so – I don't, and it's going to be almost impossible for her to develop those if he doesn't leave, right? Right. If, if, if there's no reason to leave the apartment. Yeah, yeah. I and I just don't like how mom is the only person, right? Because I and mom like with the whole cleaning thing and kind of throwing you know Annalie under the bus. I don't think you know Annalie is super thrilled with mom in the first place no. as a person. No, right. I, no. And so and now this is the only person you have around. She's not going to like that. No. Yeah. That's uh, anytime you only have one person that you interact with all day long. Like it's that's going to be it's going to drive you mad. If it's a person you think is weird and don't really like all that much from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. That's not good. <laughs> like right, That does sound right. legitimately awful. Like it, it, it sounds just just like awful. Like I like and personally I do that too. Like I I really do 
it really stresses me out to have a weekend where I don't have any kind of social activity going on. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like, what am I going to do all weekend? Uh, I'm just sitting here. I spent all day at home. Like, and that's with like my children that I love, right? I can't yeah. imagine doing that every day, all day long for months on end with people, you with some party that you don't really like. That just sounds right. terrible. Yeah. I just, honestly, if I were her, I would be out of there so fast. Yeah. I, I would too. Because he has no interest in changing. He doesn't. No, he doesn't. He was fine. Uh, you could tell on his face, like he said, yes, what you're saying objectively makes sense. Makes but sense, yeah. I really don't want to go meet my friend. I really don't want to go see my friend in person in real life, which is wild. Like, Yeah. Like that is – that is – yeah, you're I, making I, me do this. You're making me do this. But it's like, and, and that's the thing, is it? Because I'm used to having a friend that lives all the way across the country from me, right? <laughs> yeah. And like, whenever we can, we try to see exactly. Each other I, see, I, yeah. I try to see you. I try to see you whenever I can. It's like just yeah. to be like, oh, I don't know if I want to go to. It's it's yeah. Like I can't imagine like not wanting to go see them. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right. So uh, we did not hear from a couple of couples this week. Uh, We didn't hear from. We didn't hear uh, Manuel and Ashley. Oh, maybe that's the only one. I think that's the only one. Yeah, they're the Mm -hmm. only one. Okay, so out of group you saw this week, who would you say is your student of the week? Uh, I mean, I I said Annalie just for enduring what she's enduring and like yeah i actually said the same thing like she's been pretty patient yeah and being really patient with this with this situation yeah. she wasn't like she was kind of very much like i think it'd be a good idea if you did this not like get off your ass and get out of the house Just, right let's go so yeah, yeah. i went with patient. annalee as well uh what about your dunce i said rob I know, Rob, it's like, yeah. okay, attitude check, asshole. Yeah, just everything was like, it's just, I can't, there are definitely worse ways to handle someone coming out to you as as, as bi, right? Your partner coming out to you as mm-hmm. bi, including like breaking up with them, I hate you, uh, you lied to me, oh, yeah, right, you could, there is a worse imaginable situation. But realistically, in the realm of what you might expect from people, this was really, really low on how well he would have handled this. Very yeah. low. Like all the all the stupid tropes, all the stupid mistakes, making it about him, like everything about it was just like, wow, you really, really missed this one, dude. Yeah, definitely. Okay, how about your life lesson? Um, so ah uh, let's go um for <laughs> let's go to the the petting zoo, right? Like it is kind of important to know more. You should like broadly be aware, right? Because he brought her, I'm going to bring her to see these llamas because those are natural. I feel like you should know enough about your partner to know like where they came from and if what kind of animals Gosh. they had around. Right? Why like, is he just in general like so bent on, you know, perpetuating like these stereotypes, I guess, of like Kentucky, we have horses. Let's go like see horses. Well, yes, Peru has llamas. Although, Let's go see to llamas. Be fair, if if I was had dating and engaged to a Peruvian person, I would use it to eat Peruvian chicken whenever I could. I'd be like, Peruvian chicken? We're getting Peruvian chicken? Let's go. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, all right. My life lesson is for Rob. 
Um, I think it's absolutely a good idea to have a budget when you buy like a high priced item, but to go in there and say you want the cheapest want thing the they cheapest. have. I know, but to be fair, it was it, it did take him a second or two because it was like, here's this. It's a thousand. He was like, get that out of my face. Like, OK, here's one that's 500 out of just give me your cheapest one. Like, that's it. Like, okay. oh, my goodness. It's like, yeah, um, I think there is better words to describe, especially if you're trying to if a sales associate has to help you and it's not like up to you to browse yourself. Right. And he did get to the point where he said finally said what he needed to say, which is like mm-hmm. what we're looking for is we want two bands that are going to be five hundred dollars together. There like, you that's, go, Rob. <laughs> that's the story. Not show me your cheapest junk. <laughs> like, <laughs> this piece of oh trash doesn't deserve it. Like. Oh my gosh, Rob. Okay, so uh, we will be back again with all these couples, as far as we know, are still together at this point in the show. So, so we'll be back now. again. Yep. That's yeah, right. We'll be back again uh, this time next week. All right, see everybody then. Okay, okay. bye. Bye. bye.